Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey listeners, just want to thank all of my new Patreon members. Thank you so much for your support. And if you'd like to help support Sense of Soul as well, you can leave a review and give me five stars wherever you listen. I would really appreciate it. And today on Sense of Soul, we have Alice Inoue. She is an astrologer, a feng shui expert. And the founder of Happiness You, Alice is a nationally acclaimed author and life expert who transformed countless lives through unwavering dedication to personal growth and happiness. And we all need a lot of that today. So please welcome Alice. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know you're over in Hawaii and yeah. my heart hurts for these people yeah it's really hard it's um even though it's not the island that i'm on it's still really heartbreaking just to to know people who have lost everything like literally home and business like all at once and it's still really chaotic yeah Yeah, one thing that i thought about this morning just overall it seems i mean all of the stress and the heaviness around the world. But you know what? That's why I'm glad we're having conversations like this though, because Alice, we need tools. We need tools to get through. We need to become conscious. Yes. I wanted to ask you because I saw, you know, I'm, I'm horrible at astrology, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. But was this written in the stars for this year? How chaotic it is? So yes, every year in January, I, for the last 15, 16, maybe 17 years now, I've done an astrological forecast for the public uh, about the year. And even going back to 2020, in January of 2020, when I gave my presentation, uh, I talked about how everything would happen at once, great change would happen. Not that I thought there was going to be something outside us. I just thought, all of us would wake up to more efficiencies, finding new ways to do old things. I just, I thought it was more self-motivated, but it actually turned out to be outwardly. So yeah, so this year uh, I did talk a lot about, uh, so the United States is going through what we call a Pluto return. And what that means, it's a transformational energy. Pluto represents the metamorphosis, the letting go of the old, embracing the new. So this is something that has, is the first time U.S. has experienced this. So we can expect that there is a lot of, and Pluto rules politics, Pluto rules all the underbelly, underground stuff. So a lot of um, what you would call sort of um, deeper, darker stuff coming to the surface to be cleared. So there's that going on. I talked about Saturn going into Pisces. so And this is kind of interesting because of like, think of your podcast, like Sense of Soul, we're talking about more spiritual things beyond the third dimension. So Saturn rules authority. The planet Saturn is about, um, about structures and sort of like more, let's just think corporate left brain, really like, uh, like more banker energy, right? 
Um, but it moves into, which simply means that it's moving in the sky and it's moving into an area of the sky that is um, is the, the sign of Pisces and Pisces is the sign of spirituality. So we're noticing a lot more authority given to spiritual things. People that normally were like no to spirituality or anything out there now are starting to embrace it. So talked about that and I did. I, did, I talked about a lot of like just be ready for the unexpected, but we never know what that unexpected is. So. So we're living in really interesting times, and I call this year the year of grounding. So this is where we have to really anchor down, know what nurtures us, connect our roots at the deepest level of, of our foundation, and not like get swayed by all the stuff that's happening out there. So yeah, it was it was like, yes, it was called the year of grounding, and that we had to ground deep and just hold on. Um, as we move into next year. So next year, I've been doing a little dabbling and kind of figure out what the theme is. So it's, I'm thinking it's going to be 2024, the year of inner power. So this is where we start to really recognize our authenticity. What is it that we're really here to do? So that's kind of the preview. But yes, to shortly answer your question, yes. Lots of chaos in the world, really awakening us to ourselves, what is true for us, who we want to connect to, what we believe in, letting go of old belief systems, all of that. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And just that reminder that, you know, any transformation is uncomfortable. So that's explains this past few years and reclaiming our power. And, you know, I know even for myself, I'm absolutely guilty of spending sometimes a lot of time scrolling through, you know, all of these horrific stories and spending a lot of energy on that. And really, I'm just giving my power to all of this negativity in doing so because you get caught up in it. And I think, you know, most of us are very empathic and we can sense the sadness and the grief and all that. So, we get caught up and then it's like, I want to save the world. Like I I want to save everybody. And I do get this like superhero kind of like desire. What can I do? Yeah. And the other thing that I really like to think about is that every person here has their own journey, their own lessons, their own destiny, their own path, their own fate. And so sometimes uh, we recognize that like exactly what you're saying, like everyone like the Maui wildfires where all these people died. So there's a lot of like, oh my God, I was supposed to be there, but I left that day. Like, oh my, you know, like all of these sort of like, uh, almost like survivor guilt to why them, all of that. And I, I really do say that everyone has their journey. You'll have your, you've had your challenges in the past. You'll have your own challenges in the future that our soul's destiny really just is to experience whatever it is that you've experienced. So we are always in the right place at the right time, having the right experience whether you caused it or whether it was caused, uh, you're still the one that is the owner of that experience. And so that's why it's like, even though it is, it's heartbreaking what's happening in all areas around the world, not just what's happening here, but you recognize that if you're not there, you're not supposed to be there. Or you're supposed to be here. And if there's something you need to do and you're listening, feel the need to do it, do it. But if not, it's almost like it's, you can just hold the space for that love yeah. instead of like, I guess a lot of people, I think, might over-emote because we're so sensitive. We start feeling. And that really, I mean, if you could feel enough to heal people, great. We would feel all the everything. But we really can't. So it's really recognizing, like, you have, like, a, you, know, you only have so much energy. And so how are we using that energy? And I think that just yeah. really thinking about that helps us to recognize I am in the right place, doing the right thing. Do I feel led to donate? No, 
there's no right or wrong about that. You don't have to do anything other than what you feel is right for you. And so everyone feels led differently. And oh, I, I think like that. it really shows up in a crisis. Yeah. Like yeah. What, what feels right. Right. Yeah. And I do, I mean, I mean, you know, just this podcast, you know, bringing awareness, you know, and kind of like raising, you know, our, my listeners consciousness, you know, if anything mm-hmm. of the topics that we're going to talk about today, which, you know, one of the things that I've been dealing with over just the past few weeks, but kind of over the past few years is that I have a daughter who always, I say every six months Mm -hmm. wants to completely change her bedroom. (laughs) And, and so I'm going through that right now. We went from cottage cord to minimalist to boho. Yeah. She's creative, but it is her sanctuary too. How how old is she now? She's 11. She's going into middle school on Mm -hmm. Monday. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so like when you describe that, like an astrological profile really is a strong Uranus person. Um, and Uranus is the planet of change. It's the planet of innovation, newness. It's about like the future and the unprecedented things that we haven't experienced or seen. So whenever we live with people who are Uranus kind of um, souls, um, we will start to understand how to let go because they don't have an attachment to the past. Like certain people are more nostalgic attached to the past. I don't want change. Let's just have it the way we have it. And that can be to an extreme, right? And then the other extreme is your daughter sensing energy, realizing that she needs to recalibrate with where she's at in her environment. So the environment puts out a certain vibe, right? And when we start shifting our vibe through evolution, through um, new desires, through new experiences, then when we don't match the environment, we have a hard time. So you're a great mom that you're recognizing this instead of just saying, no, we bought this bed, stick with it, done. So she's really sensitive. That's really all it is. Really sensitive and actually not not able to, not not needing to hold on to the, the, the same. So it's that creative spirit that she has for sure. Oh my God, you are so right on. I mean, and I am the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm that Taurus energy because I have strong yes. Taurus in my chart where I, I mean, I have stuff all around me that I've had, you know, forever. <laughs> yeah. Is that funny? It's like the dynamic. You're always going to attract your complementary opposite so that you can both kind of like learn together. So she's definitely challenging your desire to stay grounded and stable by all of this change and that Uranus energy and the, the, the Uranus and Taurus, uh, they're both considered um, fixed energies. So um, fixed energy means like, when I choose this, I keep doing this. I'm most comfortable. It's a, it's a, st- I'll use the word. It's a stubborn energy. So you could, on the one hand, be stubborn to not want change, and her, on the other hand, could be stubborn in the fact that I need change. And so, yeah, that dynamic, and her, yeah. her son is in Taurus too. So I mean, oh, yeah. see, <laughs> yes, interesting. So I bet you, if you did her chart, she would either have. Um, some sort of Uranus placement that's really significant. It could be by her son, or she would have like an Aquarius rising or an Aquarius uh, moon, like guarantee, like there's no way she could have that kind of uh, sort of personality. But what's really great is you're giving her safety to change because as we get older, we know more and then we we get more insecure. Like the more we know about the world, the more we realize, oh, we need to be safe. Whereas children, they don't really have that. They just know that they're safe within their their home so she can really express that creative side. Because what I've seen is as children get older, they start to get like 
a little bit like, oh no, and they go back into that groundedness or that need for security. And then all of that great creativity takes a long time to be nurtured and developed as they get older. So you're giving her a chance to feel safe with change. Yeah. That's oh, really what that is. Good. I'll pat myself on the back for that. For <laughs> <Not> easy. <laughs> no, it probably is because, you know, my oldest and youngest are 15 years apart. Wow. So, I mean, and I have two in between. So it, you know, I've evolved as a parent, you know, for How sure. How can you not, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you know, unfortunately, I'm probably a lot more, you know, with the experience. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more fluid when it comes to stuff like this. I don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Either, see, so. yeah. So you <laughs> mastered an aspect of you yourself, which is great. <laughs> totally. But, you know, I mean, gosh, you're so good at this. Were you always like this? Or tell me, you know, how did you get oh, into this? Who yeah, are you? So it's, it's really interesting because uh, for like the first 38 years of my life, um, I was completely not aware of spirituality. I mean, it was just never was an interest. I was living uh, in a world of television media. I had television show sponsors and I felt like I was the most well-paid person in the state, like I was doing all these big things. And I didn't really love it, but I guess I was good at it. Uh, And then someone gave me an astrology gift certificate. And I wasn't really into it, but it was going to expire, so I thought I should go do it. Now, in Hawaii at the time, uh, I was really kind of a... Uh, I guess, a well-known figure in, in, in the community. So I'd been on all these covers of magazines and full-page articles and all that. So people knew me. So when I went to see the astrologer, I my left brain was just like, you read that about me. I didn't really believe it. Anyway, there's a part in an astrology reading where there's a bit of a forecast where it kind of says like what themes are coming up for you. And you have to keep in mind, this was 1997. And uh, he told me that in the year 2000, so three years into the future, in the month of April, that my life would go through, my, my, my um, career would go through a transformation. Uh, and so I wrote, and you're probably too young to remember what a Palm Pilot is, but a Palm Pilot was our first version of an electronic calculator, a calendar. And so I used my little stylus and I clicked three years forward. And in April 1st, I wrote, uh, astrologer says, Pluto changes the course of my career. I actually wrote that in the future. Went about my business, doing all my TV stuff. And then one by one, I started losing shows, losing sponsors. Then I worked for a company called Japan TV News. And on April 1st of the year 2000, I went to work to do my newscast, like I always do. And the boss said, Alice, we didn't tell you this, but we sold the company and you no longer have a job, but you can go to unemployment. I had not remembered the astrologer's words. I went to unemployment, started filling out forms, needed to see certain dates and the pop-up showed up. And at that moment, I realized that I had written that in there three years ago. Like, how do you calculate someone's life? Like, how do you do that? So I basically just, I'll use the word, I heard the heavens open and the angels sing. And I thought to myself, I want to learn how to calculate people's lives. I want to learn how to do this. So I had no job. I had lots of money, no job. I went to the the bookstore, bought $400 worth of astrology books and spent the next seven years um, delving so deep into metaphysical things. I learned astrology. Then I got into feng shui, uh, the energy of the environment. I mastered that. And then I realized that people use astrology and feng shui as an excuse for their life. So then I got into life guidance and then 
Years later, I opened Happiness You to say that we all have our own power to create our own happiness. So anyway, that's now it's been like 23 years since then, 24, 25 years. Oh, my God. I've been doing this about 25 years now. So that's why thousands and thousands. I've done, gosh, over 10,000 charts. Like I don't you don't realize how much time just allows you to build experience. So it's been a pretty amazing journey. So it's something that I absolutely love to do. So then I created a, a business that allowed me to do more of it and allow other people to do what they're experts at doing as well. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. You must have been so shocked. Yeah. Oh, it was like it, you lose your complete reputation and have people think you're a lunatic. It was hard because mm. back then, go back 25 years, like people were not into this. People thought I had gone mm. off my rocker, which used to be this television person. Now she's a little weird doing these weird things. And so it was a, it was a brand new path. I lost all my friends, my identity, like anybody who thought I was anything special only liked me for my reputation. So I just got, I really turned into a pretty strong hermit just really, but I found so much, I did so much in the metaphysical world, like just gone there and came back and sharing it with people. Wow. You're so right about that hermit phase too. Mm. I, I feel like people sometimes feel so uncomfortable in it, but I think it's almost needed. Yeah. Cause I needed to kind of find out what's true for me and you need that time to be with yourself. So that's when you, you we get into meditation you start to really be able to sense your, your separateness and connectedness to one another. So I think the most important thing, what I've learned from this whole experience is spending time with yourself. It's mm -hmm. just so important to have that because otherwise we only reflect off of other people um, to, to think who, like we're sometimes we're mirrors of other people, but we recognize that there's more that comes from within. So for me, that personal time is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable because I don't think that it was really, I know for myself taught to me, mm -hmm. you know, as a young child, unless I was only alone, if I was in trouble. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you get into that space and you're like, it's uncomfortable. And I think that some people even see it as being lonely. Oh yeah. Yeah. People feel sorry for me, but that's okay. I love it. <laughs> but it's true though, because you know, I feel like what happens is, is your vibration changes, you know, oh, yeah. and you're, you're not the same frequency as everything around you anymore. And it's almost like, yeah, this loud, irritating sound, maybe they're hearing or you're hearing, but whatever it is, it's, yeah. it's not aligning anymore. And so yeah. I know for myself, I had to shift out of, you know, some of the groups and communities that I was into that mm -hmm. no longer were for my greater good mm -hmm. and kind of like what we're going through right now in our transition. Transition is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. For sure. yes. It's always, I always think of it as a spectrum. There's pain and there's gain. So when you're going through the pain, it's really easy to focus on how difficult it is, but we also want to, in that same moment, recognize where the gains are. So even in times of, of crises, right, we're going through all this pain, we might lose our home, our children, our families, or, or whatever, our health, but you have to look at the secondary gains. Otherwise, you're going to think life is just horrible. So where are people supporting you? Where are people reaching out? So there's always other spectrums and other facets of, uh, of ways that we are gaining because we live in a bipolar world, up, down, left, right, hot, 
cold, <laughs> sun and moon, um, there's never one without the other. But when we're experiencing one, we forget about the other or we overemphasize the lack of the other. So I think that balance, if you talk about how do you live life so that you are grounded and steady and you're not going from one extreme to the other, it's when you are, when things are going great to see where you can improve. When things are going horrible and painful, look for the intrinsic gains or the present or future gains. We have to hold on to something because we've all gone through life, look back and said we made it through and we're better because of it. Mm-hmm. So in every challenge, there is a gift. The last thing we want to hear is look for the gift in the challenge when you're going through pain. But on a subconscious level, I want to say if you are in that self-growth, I want mm-hmm. to really move myself through whatever it is that life brings me in the the best possible way it is to keep sort of top of mind or in your heart that there is something that is coming out of this a gift that i won't know until i walk further down the journey of life and i look back and i say oh my god thank god that happened in the past because now i have this and now this propagates my next step so it's so important that mindset of not just like oh my god i'm so grateful when things are good um, when things are bad, we have to look for what's happening that that challenge sort of catalyzed because otherwise we're just going to focus on all the bad and we're going to think like, oh, I can't wait for life to get good again. Mm-hmm. So as you know, life is going so, so quickly that if we don't look for the seeds in the moment of good, we're going to look back and have some really horrible memories because we're only going to remember all the negative stuff that we're focusing yeah. on in the moment, waiting for life to get better. So it's really, I think, more and more we need to have that mindset of what is good right now. Yes, there's all this pain, but what is good right now? And mm-hmm. I obviously can't help but think about people going through crises. All it is is like, this is horrible. This is horrible. This is horrible. But yes, on one hand, there's horrible, but hold the space for what is good and see what is good because it's simply an experience. Life is simply a series of experiences. And if we keep waiting for things to get better or waiting for these challenges to end, we're going to forget like where we are right now, which is right now here present with people and situations around us that are supporting us. So life is like not the easiest thing to go through sometimes. And so, so thankfully there's podcasts like yours that give people some yeah. sense of soul, like the, that sense of like, there's a bigger picture here. There's more to life than just what we're experiencing. But if you don't look for it, you might not find it. So every yeah. so often life will come and wake you up to something, but oftentimes it's much better if we are self seekers of that, because then we are much more aware. We have less polarity because we're aware that anything that's coming into our life that's challenging is simply there for us to grow from. So it makes a big difference how you approach life, that your mindset on life is to me has been the biggest um, thing. Yeah. Uh, Grow through it. Grow through it rather than go through it. Grow through it. And, you know, look for the lessons, right? Because there, it seems like there's always lessons here. Yeah. People always come back and go like, what's the lesson? What's the lesson? Sometimes, I don't know. You don't know. We just have to trust that there is one. There always has been. There always will be. If you look for it, it's there. Mm -hmm. If you don't look for it, you'll never find it. So it's just, it's just so interesting that everything to me is how do we balance in the up, down, left, right, you know, every dimension of who we are. So Yes. Yeah. And I think the lesson oftentimes is like you said, just, you know, having gratitude for what you do have gratitude for the little things, or maybe it's just being present. You know, a lot of people want to just skip through all of this. Can we just fast forward this until the end when it's yeah. going to be over? But you really, there's no growth in that. 
So I love the title of your book, by the way. And I would love to know, you know, how can we master our superpowers? Oh, that book. Yeah. I have said so many times that many of the things that I've awakened to are, are superpowers. Yeah. I think what happened was I had this commitment to myself to just write a book every year. And so every year I'd kind of write a book on whatever it was that I was writing about. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It sounds really weird, but it was sort of like, it was like, I learned so much every year. So I started out just, you know, writing books, writing books, writing books. And so then uh, I think, I can't remember when this was, maybe this is like my seventh or eighth book. People said, oh, you should write a book on positivity. You're so positive. Like, is it positivity like a superpower? Can you share your superpower? So it was just like, okay, yeah, positivity is a superpower. But long story short, we all have our own superpowers. And oftentimes I've noticed that when when we're younger, we are told what is good and not good. So it's like, if you talk too much, it's like, why don't you be quiet like your sister? If you're like too active, why don't you be this? Like we're told like how to be oftentimes. And so we might grow up having a superpower that we've been told is actually not the right superpower. We should have something else. So I created this personality assessment around the five elements of Chinese medicine. So like water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And so these five elements that are present in every aspect of nature also are present in our personality. So I personified these elements and I made them into superheroes. And so what you do is you take this assessment, it's really cool. You take this assessment and uh, it'll tell you your top two elements, like in your personality, what your top two elements are. This is the simplest way I could get the astrology. Astrology is so detailed. This is like that next level. And so when you take the assessment, uh, you, you get one of 20 archetypes and these archetypes, like mine is the intuitive luminary. Uh, my assistant, Aaron, she's the efficient producer. My other half, he's a chef. He came, he tested as the resourceful creator. And so it's a combination of elements that you're really good at. And that's why we hear, we, you've ever heard that saying like, I just don't feel like I'm in my element or I don't get yeah. this at all. Or like, you're this, you just feel out of your element. We can find your elemental makeup through my assessment anyway. I just did it as a fun thing. Like, hey, this is so fun. Like everybody do your family, get to know how your elements, who supports you, who like conflicts with you. And it ended up turning into corporate training, team building. I ended up just coming back from McDonald's global headquarters. We're using it on the top 300 leaders to understand each other. And so, yeah, so we all get these little badges. Um, Uh Oh, cool. (laughs) Long story short, we all have a superpower. So for example, if you test high on earth, earth is like grounded, right? Earth is more like if you're a Taurus, you would probably test some form of earth, which is caring, nurturing, right? Uh, But then people might say like, why don't you speak more? Because it's kind of shy. Earth is a little shy. So earth's superpower is patience. Like they will be there. They are listeners. They will be there for you. If you test high in fire, you're the one that's like fire, like showing up, entertaining, brightening people's lives. So it, you can know what your superpower is simply through the elements of your personality. Oh, I love that. It's on masteryoursuperpowers.com. And uh, you take the, you take the assessment. I think it's like 10 bucks to do it, $10 to do it. But then you get like a 
archetype of your manual. And if you buy the book, then you have all the archetypes and you can do it with your family. And, and it's always funny because it's always like the parents drain the children or the children drain the parents. Like there's certain elemental combinations where there's challenge or support. And so you can kind of see the dynamics in family members. It's oh my gosh. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah, we've really, it, it wasn't really promoted much, but it just sort of propagated out. I noticed like lots of people taking the assessment every day. It's kind of fun. That is cool. You know, I have a kid in every single season, so it should be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and we evolve and change as it goes. So I noticed, honestly, like before the pandemic, because this was created in 2019, before the pandemic, we had people take it. Then after the pandemic, they would take it again and say, hey, how come my secondary element changed? It's so um, apropos. Think about this. During the pandemic, we had different roles to play. Some people were crazy busy. Oh my God, juggling school and how am I going to do work and trying to figure stuff out. That is the energy of wood, constantly moving, constantly creating. So people's wood, like mothers especially that had to deal with a lot of stuff, wood became stronger. People that were at the workplace saying, okay, we have to do six inches, wash your hands, put up these rules. Like all the people that were setting rules, that's metal. Metal got higher. People who lost their jobs that didn't have nothing to do and were sitting at home, that's earth. So we notice that as life kind of works with us, we evolve and change. So we actually do shift archetypes and sort of shift into different um, ways of expressing ourselves through life. Hey listeners, did you know that Sense of Soul has that network of lightworkers affiliates program? Now you get to work with one of our inspiring guests, and I'd like to introduce you to one of our affiliates, Brent Bruning, Master Hand Analysis. He has studied the life patterns of over 20,000 people, including many individuals in high-profile positions. Hand analysis is one of the most powerful ways to unlock your self-knowledge so that you can find your spark within. This session is sure to be as unique as your fingerprints. Book your session and get a special Sense of Soul discount at www.thepowerinyourhands.com and use the code Sense of Soul. You can also go to mysenseofsoul.com and in the menu, look for the Network of Lightworkers. Now back to our amazing guest, I feel that way all the time. What was it the other day when they try to put, put you in a box where you're just this way, you know what I mean? And forever, mm-hmm. maybe it was the five love languages. I can't remember what it was, but my thought was, well, shouldn't we be evolving? Like, yeah. shouldn't we, why should we always be this way? I mean, is this set in stone? And and I do get like with astrology, I will say that that's evolved in me too. My Taurus hasn't evolved into different aspects. What you were just saying about that nurturing mother kind of energy has actually, and I've always been very patient, but I never saw myself as being grounded. I always saw myself in my head and needing to be grounded, but now I have evolved into this place where I'm very grounded and I am very rooted. I'm a very rooted tree. So what happens is there's different, um, there's different levels of every sign. So we're always evolving to the higher one. So what happens is like, if you think about Taurus, Taurus is grounded and all of that, but Taurus's highest level is it's, uh, it's a support. Think about the ground. It supports everybody. So you can be supportive of change. You can be supportive of, so you can still be who you are and not like change, but you can utilize 
the traits in a in a much more higher level way so that yeah, yeah. the old Taurus is like no don't change don't change around me and now yeah. it's like no, I know who I am I can support you and whoever you are and that's the ultimate essence of nurturing and giving is to be able to be there for someone and allow them to be who they are and the way that they need to at the level that they're at so it's right. very much a higher level so we keep raising in octaves up to the highest so my thoughts and I don't know about how other astrologers feel about this but I feel like we are here to transcend our charts not to identify ourselves like I'm a cancer you're an Aquarian therefore you're this or that it's like at some point we want to be a little bit of everything we want to know that this is our strength but be able to show facets of other things because we are everything within us how can you just be two signs or three signs or five yes. elements you really are everything so it's just that we come with some strengths and then we try to learn to kind of become more whole in all of it. And I think the chart uh, elements are just a starting point. So my goal is really to just evolve up and out of and 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 recognize there's multiple sides. You're going to have your upsides and your downsides. But we're really wanting to see the, the full spectrum of who we are at every moment. So a chart is does like if you look at my chart, for example, since my goal for the last 25 years has been to transcend my chart. I have traits within me that I absolutely demonstrate on a day-to-day -day basis that you would not see in my chart simply because I've made that intention to want to learn that. For example, I have no Capric very little Capricorn in my chart. Capricorn represents the leader. Capricorn represents someone who reaches goals, who, who stands in authority. It's that sort of the energy of Capricorn. So I don't really have that. I have a lot of insecurities. I've got a lot of like Scorpio and double cancer and all water. And so I've really wanted to form that. I want to be an authority in my field. I want to show up well. So what do I do? I write books. I learn. I find ways to be confident. So yes. I do demonstrate Capricorn, but you would look at my chart and not see me as that. So I'm trying to fill in the holes. Like I want to be more than just my signs. So I feel like we all have that potential with that awareness to be able to come up and out of ourselves and not define ourselves by our chart, our traits, what my parents said I am, what I learned in school or like none of that really is us. Your your identity is really not what defines you. What defines you is the essence of who you are. I love that so much because like my oldest son has said to me even before I even get uncomfortable when I tell people my birthday because they know I'm in cancer. <laughs> Yeah, but I like the cancer side because it allows me to feel. I can feel things and I'm sensitive to things. I make better decisions when I follow my intuition. But am I going to be like the wimpy, crybaby, like moody person? I don't want to be that aspect of cancer. And so I try to work away from that. And then it's like you look at things you want to embody. You can't just say, I, I'm not like that person. You are if you want to be, um, but you, you do have a little intrinsic nature, like something that kind of guides you, but you are not limited to that at all in my experience and what I've seen. Yeah, I've seen people just look at their chart and demonstrate traits that are not in their chart, but yet see how they evolve through that. So everything yes. is connected. People are connected. Everything, ideas, everything is connected in this spectrum of everything and so you are everything and nothing all at once and so if you recognize that then you have the freedom um to not be limited just because someone like you would saying put you in a box or labels you a certain way it's a starting point but it's not your end point for sure right shift your perception and actually that's what i was thinking of earlier when i said that i found that some of the things that i'd awakened to were superpowers i mean i was very much 
an unhealthy empath for many years, yeah. you know, even taking on physical pain. If someone's yeah. complaining about a headache, now I have a headache, you know, or if someone's sad, you know, it, it, my whole day is sad with them. Yeah. And then realizing I can easily connect with your pain. I can connect with your emotions, but I also know to put up boundaries. And I also know when to let those boundaries up and when to let them down and I can control it. And so it's just a shift in perception too. And I, cause I totally look at it as my superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that neat? And we can claim whatever we want. It's really neat because when you start to recognize the value that you do have, especially in the growth that you've had, then you have so much more to contribute to other people. So I just have found life to be <laughs> at my age. I know it sounds about it, at my age, like just seeing so many people go through so much life. I mean, if you think about, I started this career very late, but for 25 years now, I have seen people go from death of a spouse to meeting somebody new to their child dies to health ailments. And mm-hmm. I can just track life. And one thing that I have learned, probably two things. One is changing your perspective on things changes everything about the reality of how you experience life. That's number one. Number two, you will always be okay. Always. I have never seen anyone not be okay. Never. You will go through these hells and and things that you're questioning life, but you will always be okay because there will always be someone or some circumstances that will come to bring you into a better place. And that's the value of me doing the work that I do has taught me not to be afraid of the future, not to fear something that I don't want to happen, happen. It's just whatever is going to come into your path is what is meant for you to experience. And I will get through it. Even if it, I can't imagine how I could get through something so horrible, I will, and I will grow from it. So the other thing people always think like, you know, I'm not happiness. So my company's name is happiness. You, and uh, people think you're supposed to be happy. Life is supposed to make you happy. And the, the funniest thing is life, life's purpose is not to make you happy. Life's purpose is so you can grow. And if you recognize that the purpose of life is for you to grow, then you can find happiness through that acceptance of growth. But it's not like, why am I not happy? How come things don't go well for me? It's really just like things are not going well because we need to have you focus on something else. So it sucks to think like life is so hard, but it is. But there are joys to the pain. So that's the kind of like the way that I think about things. I like the way you think about things. different yeah so really like all, we're all blissed out and happiness and then yeah. this negativity comes and we pray and send light to the negativity it's like no this is part of life like life has this beautiful polarity to it and we would be bored silly if everything always went well yeah. so yeah like so that. it's staying grounded in the midst of polarity whether it's differing opinions on what's going on whether it's political whether it's in our family like all of those polarities you have to encompass all of them in order to not be bounced around like a ping pong. So yeah. it's that mindset that you have, the judgments that we have of what's right or what's wrong. What if what you think is what is right is also wrong in some way and vice versa. So we don't know enough to know, like we don't know enough to know. So the humility that is necessary to live life in a state of recognizing that everyone has their journey, they have their opinions, they have their ways about them. How can I be open? Because in that openness, we lose the, we lose the emotional bouncing around. It's that acceptance where we actually can be in our power 
But when we stand in our judgment, then we lose our center because we're being pulled Mm -hmm. and pushed around by emotions. So it's Mm -hmm. just, I think in these times that we're living in, it's more important than ever to really recognize who you are and why you're here and how you can serve yourself first. And then others will find that sense of peace by being with you. And don't we need more peace than ever in this world? Yes. And I love how you, you mentioned that openness because that space that you can create, you know, by dismissing what doesn't even exist in the future, what doesn't exist anymore in the past and just being present in that space, there is happiness, really. Yeah. There is gratitude yeah. and be happy just for this breath. Yeah. And But the thing is though, Alice, it took me a long time to get there because I had a lot of cluster, excuse my French, fuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Cluster it would take over my mind, the conditions, the ego, the little voice say that you need to do this. You don't have enough, you know, all the stuff. And it really reminds me also of the mess in my house. Mm-hmm. My house has always reflected what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons why I want my daughter Kensley to be able to express herself because she's an inward person. Mm-hmm. So I know that for me, if my house is crazy a mess mm-hmm. and it's like that for a long time, not just for the day or whatever, then that means I have some things I need to let go within myself. Yeah. So that saying as within, so without, as above, so below, yeah. it's connected to everything and everyone. So when I was doing um, a lot of work in people's homes it was very apparent to me what's going on inside your head is going on inside your environment. So what I will say is this, when someone just spontaneously feels like clearing out their closet and donating, it could be at the end of the year, it could be at spring break or whatever. But when someone starts to say, oh my gosh, this drawer in my bathroom, there's just all this old makeup samples that I never use. Let me get rid of it. That's the sign that you're ready to now let go of some emotional clutter because clutter and Mm -hmm. things around us, We are tied to every single thing in our environment through an invisible thread of of energy. And so when we have clutter, it's considered dead energy. We are live beings. We need energy to grow and we do not like imbalances. So our life force gets tied to the dead clutter in our environment, causing us to not be able to move as much. So when we start feeling like we need some freedom, we don't know this, but subconsciously we go and we clear something up in our environment. We bring back a unit of energy to us so that we can transcend and rise above. You've seen people get a new job. What do they do? They go out and get new clothes, new energy, let go. Whenever we start clearing our clutter, it is a sign that we are ready to evolve and let go of something subconsciously that we may not even know about. But it is it is very interesting that yes, Um, our internal environment definitely reflects our external. And when your external is messy for a long period of time, you're probably feeling a bit overwhelmed with life on the inside. And so it's, it's hand in hand, always, always. I've never seen, I've been to hundreds of homes um, and worked on people's lives. And you, I can walk into a house and know exactly the state of what's going on. It doesn't have to be like you're mentally ill. It just means that you've got a lot going on. Maybe there needs to be stronger boundaries. And again, not that everyone needs to live in a minimalist home. That's not it. It's just that you all, everyone has their own level of uh, this is where I feel comfortable. It could just, it couldn't be, it's not messy, but it's orderly in your own way. So we all know like when we've, kind of fallen from that, right? So I can look at my desk and go, oh, 
Normally, when I'm in a good space, everything is ordered. Now it's kind of messy over there. Gosh, what's going on? Oh my gosh, yes, I'm worried about this, you know, business thing that's mm-hmm. happening. So it's always a connection. And I think right. the thing is not to judge. It's just be like, wow, this is where I'm at. Like, what, you know, do I accept it? Because now I'm dealing with this stuff inside, or do I make a plan to change it and see if I feel better? So it, it, it within without works the same. You can affect change from within by making decisions or from without by changing the energy around you so that you feel more light within to make that next leap. Yes. And you do feel lighter. You feel so much better when it's all cleaned up. That's for sure. But what about the opposite? When someone is those spick and span and then, you know, a kid comes over and, you know, they may make a mess or move something and they're, ah, they're freaking out or the type type of person that puts like the plastic over their couches. Like it's not even livable in their homes. Yeah. Then I always say too much clutter clogs your energy, too much lack drains your energy. Imagine if you go to someone's house like that, you can't even move. You're like, I don't even want to eat a bite of cookie because a crumb's going to fall. So it limits us as well. So what we're saying is that balance is both sides, both messy and neat. So you might have a little more mess and a little bit less neat or a little bit more neat, a little bit less mess, but we all have to be in that sort of zone of comfort. So yes, when we're too overly controlling, we don't trust life. You're going to find that people who are extremely scared of moving forward in life, having these spick and span homes, because that's their only sense and their way to control life is in their environment. When in fact, internally, that is how they stay in control of their life. Um, so you, it's all very psychological. Your your home, how you keep your home, where you keep, what you keep, where your clutter is, all of that actually symbolically relates to something that you need. So bedroom represents relationships. A garage represents your independence because your car comes in. So a lot of people have clutter in their garage, can't even park their car in their garages. This is where independence. So there's so many um, parallels to our homes, uh, to our lives, to how we act. It's it's just been fascinating over the last 25 years, understanding how interconnected we are to people, to our environments and to ourselves and to our, our higher self. And to the stars, because oh, on, on, we also on. use yeah. a lot of that with the fun dry, which I think is amazing. But as you were talking about all this, I was, I was like, well, I bet, you know, um, an Aquarius would have done that or, you know, or, yeah. you know, yeah. so I bet you start seeing patterns Yes, that yes. these were all connected and you could help people bring, you know, have awareness of this and yeah. maybe be able to, you know, shift a little bit. Yeah. So for example, if you're going through a deep transformation, something really painful, a betrayal, yeah. a, a loss of something, any kind of like loss, your bathroom is the symbolic place for transformation. Think about it. The bathroom is the most private place. Anywhere you go, whether you're public or private, that is where you have your 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 personal space, okay? So bathroom represents personal space. Bathroom also represents transformation. This is where you go in dirty, you come out clean. Um, bath. This is where you let go of your toxins, right? So the bathroom is a really, really central place in our home. So if you want change in your life, Go clean out your bathroom. There's drawers with old hair. There's like makeup stuff. There's like gross stuff under the, under the sink that you might just clean your bathroom. Cause when you clean your bathroom, you start to, it resonates with that emotional clearing side. So I notice that when people are going through changes, they intuitively go and they scrub their bathroom because that's the grossest, deepest, private, most, most like icky place, but yet 
the place that we all need to transform. And that's what it is. That metamorphosis is always letting go of the gross stuff so that we can have like higher, lighter energy. So bathroom is excellent energy places to go to for transformation, to support transformation. So your physical environment can support you. So you mm-hmm. want to think of your home as a place that supports you, not just a house to decorate, to look good, to live in. It is your shelter. It supports you from like like wind and rain and robbers and all of that. So when you think of your house as your support and you recognize that every part of your house is supporting every part of your life, then you start to have a different relationship with the home that you live in. And then you start to, it's almost like a person, like a sentient being. And so it just, um, it allows you to feel in harmony with your life because your home is on earth, right? And it just keeps going out and out. Oh my gosh. Did you write a book with these two together? Yeah, I have so many. I have one called Feng Shui Life that probably has something about this kind of stuff in it. Yeah, I just love knowledge and information and connecting things. And I I speak uh, Chinese, I speak Japanese, I've learned to speak multiple languages. Astrology is a language, Feng Shui is a language. Um, Everything is a language and everything is interconnected. So once you see the interconnectedness, you can actually translate between modalities and see that we are not Mm -hmm. separate from our environment, from each other, from anything, but yet we, it appears as such. So we're not separate from our pains and our joys, the future, the present. It's all, it's all here. We just have to really almost recognize it. And it sounds so like I would never be able to understand even what I'm saying now, 20 years ago, but I'm saying it in case it awakens somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's what you do. You know, once you do figure it out, you're like, I gotta, I gotta share this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What sense of soul, you know, how it came about. So, you know, and and also to let people know that they're not alone in that hermit phase and that we, we all kind of go through that and shift into yeah. different places of this journey. I've awakened so many times. <laughs> yeah. And we keep, like, it's just layers and layers. And like, when you're ready, you do. And I think what's interesting is sometimes I feel like we have to live life. We have to show up, come to work, you know, do the things we need to do. So that's the outer world that we live in. So sometimes people say, I feel like a robot. I'm doing all the motions, mm-hmm. but I'm not feeling connected to my life. And that happens a lot. And that's simply because you're in a state of inner transformation. You haven't been able to, con- you're, it's it's that inner retreat. Not everyone has the luxury to hermit and like move yourself sure. away from the world. So it's that's how hermit. our body does mm-hmm. it. So yeah, if anyone's listening and feeling like, yeah, I'm going through the motions of life, but I'm not feeling connected to it simply means on a deeper level you are you're doing that search it's but you're that it's necessary it's that space you're creating within you so you can still function in your life um to find what that is so don't feel like not don't feel like because you can't help how you feel but just recognize that that feeling of detachment is part of your soul saying i need space to figure this out and the answer will come and as long as you can say i look forward to hearing from myself what it is I need, then meanwhile, you're living your life because the answer will come. It'll come through an impulse, through a thought, through an emotion, through a feel. It will come. I'm, I'm going to go clean my bathroom. Oh. Yeah, no, it will. You'll still. And then if you want to do one more, if you're like, oh, that felt really good. The next place you go. Don't say the closet. No. The refrigerator. Oh, the refrigerator. It represents the feminine principle in our kitchens. It is. It oh. is. Think about the refrigerator. What do we ask it to do? 
hug and hold the food. What do we do? We open and we grab, we open and we grab, we grab stuff from the refrigerator without honoring the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, anyone look in the refrigerator, you have stuff that's expired that you wouldn't even eat. Capers, jams, like stuff that you wouldn't eat. So clear out the expired things to get present with your nature, your nurturing. So if you overgive your boundaries, you must have expired beliefs in you that you need to clear your refrigerator out. So that takes two hours at the most. Take everything out, get rid of anything you wouldn't eat today, put everything fresh back, then honor the feminine principle in you. Otherwise, when I see women or men, it doesn't have to be women only, overgiving, not being able to hold their boundaries, go to your refrigerators, reset your boundaries. You have expired belief systems in you like, oh, I should do this for that person or I'm not valuable. And so I got to give them my time. And it's like we have to start with the present. So get rid of what's expired. So that would be. Yeah. Okay. Well, now now you got me cleaning all day. (laughs) You know what? Here's the other thing. When you were saying that my daughter, my oldest daughter, the two things that she always is cleaning and that is, is bothers her the most mm-hmm. is the refrigerator and the bathroom. Mm. And she's a Pisces. Interesting. And Pisces, the number one thing, if we're going to say what they need is they need to establish boundaries and when to not give or give. So that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. Thank you so much for coming on sharing oh, your wisdom with you. me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's always good to just share some of my wisdom beyond just the borders of where I I get to reach. And so I really appreciate that you, you had me on today. I learned a lot and I can't wait to go and declutter some of this (laughs) (laughs) and also to go on your website. So tell everybody again what that is. Oh, so the best part, if you want to take that, that um, assessment, it's master your superpowers with an S.com. It's really simple. It takes about 10 minutes. It's really fun. Uh, and then my website is your happiness and the letter you.com your happiness you pretty much everything's there. I do still take astrology clients. I do, uh, even though we're pretty full, uh, but that would be Alice, Inoue.com, I-N-O-U-E. So I'm sure there's links that you can put up for all that. But yeah, I'm welcome. Welcome anybody to that resonates to connect with me. So what's your what's going to be your book for the next year? So, you know, I haven't decided. I haven't decided. I I did a couple series called A Mindful Moment where there's just like fortune cookie book where there's just like like this kind of stuff that I share with you. Like it's in bite sized pieces. I have that. So I'm not sure I was going to do the master your superpowers the next level. Um, in terms of the it's master your mindset where there's always that negative like the one that wants to knock your superpower down so that was like one of the concepts that was coming up so well thank you so much thank you Shannon it was great talking to you today thank you thanks for listening to sense of soul podcast and thanks to our special guests for joining me if you want more of sense of soul check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sense of Soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.